Hello, and thank you for listening to the Half-Assed Housewife Podcast, where you get to learn from a mediocre military spouse about how to be a boss babe in your business. Today we have Andrea Hatton, owner of The Hive Wichita, that you've heard so much about on this podcast, and we're recording here again. Um, she is the CEO of this wonderful co-working space that gives women entrepreneurs and inspires them to get shit done. Hi. Thanks for having, coming on here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, so let's, I wanted to talk a little about, about your past life when you were a military spouse. Um, you were no longer a military spouse. But you moved and continued having business in different places. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm happy to talk about that. So um, my very first business that I started was a photography business also. And um, how that kind of came about is uh, I had just been doing kind of photography, senior photography and things like that for my friends when I was in high school. And then when um, I got married to a guy in the army, um, several of his friends were wanting to get married because we all know, you know, there's big benefits for, for being married in the military. And that was actually you know, one of the reasons we got married when we did is because it helped me um, get in-state tuition in Texas when oh, um, we moved down yes. there. And we were planning to get married anyway after yeah. college, and so you thought, why not save thousands of dollars yes. and do it now? And so he had a lot of friends that were doing that, and so they just wanted to do a quick, you know, ceremony, but they didn't want um, to not have any memory of that, even if they were planning to do a bigger wedding later, a big celebration or a big reception. And so um, he actually did one of those online certifications. Oh, perfect. And so he became a, a officiant uh, to do wedding photography, or uh, sorry, to do weddings. And um, his friends found out I was a photographer. So we started doing a two-for-one kind of deal, and it became a business. And we it. started that business in Austin, <laughs> Texas, and then um, actually brought it with us when we moved to Lexington, Kentucky. And uh, so we had that business in several places. And now that I live back in Wichita, Kansas, and we've closed down that business, and I'm divorced and no longer, um, you know, uh, married to a guy in the military or any of that stuff, I still get calls from people wanting wedding photography in Kentucky. So. I love it. And you had told me that uh, when you, you raised your prices to help slow yes. down clients. I trying. Yeah. So and it just kept, you it, kept getting more and more inquiries exactly. because you charged more. Yeah. So, you know, I, yeah, we were trying to close down the business because we were both so busy with other things. We both had full-time jobs. And, um, and I, so I just kept raising the prices, trying to close down the business. And all that happened is I just got better clients, <laughs> you know, people it. that were more in align with, alignment with my brand. So I, let's say that again for the, for the people in the back. You raised your prices and you got more customers and better customers? Yes, exactly. Oh. <laughs> I know. I, I got Especially rid Especially for photography. It got rid of the, you know, the Craigslist people, as we say. Oh. The ones who just really, honestly, they just want to deal. And they're going to be more nitpicky than people that are paying a higher price, to be honest, is what I found. Uh-huh. And Groupon. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people And they're never going to come back to you. You yeah. know, they're, they're after the deal. So once they get the deal, they're gone. They're not yeah, consistent. They don't care. They don't care that... You're the photographer. They don't care about the experience. Yeah. They just want it cheap. Yeah, they're looking for the cheapest option yeah. they can find. And I, I love, I love that story. I'm so glad you're on here. <laughs> How did the Hive Wichita come to be? Oh gosh. Um. So I, I was a teacher in a past life, right? Okay. Um, teacher, photographer, all of that. She's and had a lot of past. I've lives. had a lot of past lives. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when we um, when we moved to Dallas, Texas, from Kentucky. Um, I, I actually quit my teaching job and went full-time into 
you know, writing um, and blogging. I was a mommy blogger for a while. I actually had a blog called The Write at Home Mom. I love yeah. it. Instead of the stay at home mom or the work at home mom, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And, uh, and so I learned all about that world there, but I, I really got depressed, you know, being home with my daughter. You know, I love my daughter, and I don't feel like we should have to say that like clarify that before we say something mm-hmm. mean about our kids. But like, I love yeah. my daughter, but I'm, I was like you, I think I kind of identify with you a lot with that. You know, that's not everything that I am. And, you know, I really was missing the intellectual adult conversation. And I really, I mean, I almost got suicidal. Like it was really bad. And we had to run, like my husband at the time had to quit his job. We both had to run back home to Wichita. I literally took a one-way flight with my baby on my front you know, Mm -hmm. and a baby carrier and a backpack on the back. And I never looked back and I moved in with my parents and it was a really hard time for us. Um, and I eventually went back to work in a marketing company where it was really emotionally toxic environment. And when I left that to try it again, to work from home as a writer again, I knew I had to set myself up for success. So I went and got a membership at our local co-working space. And, um, I just found, you know, and with my background in marketing, I was not their target market. You know, it, it was um, it was kind of a darker environment, and a lot of the members, pretty much all the members, were men that were in the tech industry, very introverted, quiet, you know, coders, yeah. developers, software engineers, and here I was, this creative, more outspoken um, woman that, you know, was really looking for a professional space to meet with clients, um, a light and bright and beautiful, inspiring space, because why not just work from my living room that's prettier than that space? Yeah, anyway. no one's going to talk to you. Exactly, and yeah. no one's going to talk to me, and so I kind of had this moment where I was like, oh gosh, um, you know, I... Wouldn't it be great if there was a space that was more women focused, that was more light and bright and beautiful? And um, so I just got a bunch of other kind of women behind me in that initiative. They were like, "Yes, please do it." Yeah, they were feeling the same <laughs> way. And so I started a Facebook group. I actually went home. Um, I had I pitched the idea at a Lean In group, which is a group of professional women that meet monthly here in Wichita. I pitched the idea to them, and they were like, "Yes, yes, yes." So I went home that night and, um, you know, very Janelle style. (laughs) I Um, I just did it. (laughs) Yeah, I I did it. So I I created um, all the branding in Canva. And I know that's one of your questions you're going to be asking me about the branding. So I created all the branding in Canva um, that night. And then I uploaded it all and I did a Facebook group. And I didn't do a website or anything yet. I just started a Facebook group and started gathering all these people who were saying they were interested. And by the end of the month, we had over 100 people in the group were saying they would want to be members of this co-working space. So I did some market research and I sent out a survey, just a Google form survey to them. You know, what would you be interested in paying for this? What are you looking for? What types of amenities? Um, you know, what, what do you want out of this? Like, what do you want? And asked my target market and got tons of feedback from them. And then I basically went out, I got a real estate agent, I found a space, I got a bank loan. And from, from the idea to opening the doors was four months. That's crazy. I started, not... yeah, I started the space with 50 paying members, like before we even had the space, before we opened the door, I had 50 paying members. Um, so, and I didn't even have a website yet. And so I'm a big, you know, fan of, you know, just like taking action. Yeah. Um, but you know, that Which being said, perfection, you'll never get it. Yeah. Done. That being said, you know, it's not like I didn't do my work, right? Like I did the branding. You know, I have a background in that. If I didn't have a background in it, I would have paid. 
for somebody yes. to do it. I just have a natural eye, I have a background in it. I worked in website design and development, so I wouldn't recommend that route for everyone, but because a lot of DIY logos can look really bad. Yes. Um, and so I, you know, I did have that background. I had the vision around what I wanted it um, to be, but it was actually funny, you know, obviously the name, the hive um, kind of comes from the sense that, you know, we're the beehives, they all they all contribute to the whole right every yes. bee contributes to making the honey um it's not really founded around the idea of the queen bee you know it's founded around the idea of like we are all a part of this and you know i like to say that sometimes a wasp will come into the beehive and they very quickly find out that that's not that's really where they belong yeah and not that there's anything wrong with wasps you know it's kind of a joke right you know <laughs> we don't want wasps around here but um, it's really more like wasps just don't, they just, they, they function differently. You know, bees yeah. contribute to the whole, we communicate together, we all work to build the honey. We don't come in expecting like, what am I going to get out of this? Yeah. yeah, you're going to get something out of it. All the bees get something out of it, but you got to put something into it too. And this is a reciprocal relationship. If you're coming into the hive just 100% only to make money, you're not going to make money no. because people will see through it. They will see that you're not being authentic. And um, and you won't last long, to be honest, and not in a mean, ruthless way, but no, just in a, in a natural animal kingdom, this is not the place for you way. And if you want to be collaborative and you want to lift one another up and be there for other people and, you know, just give as much as you get, then, then this is the place for you. Well, and if, if that, for me personally, if that's your mindset of, hey, I'm going to go and see how I can serve, you're going to make more money. You are. Absolutely. Because I see it time and time again. Because people can, people don't want to work with people that are shitty. Yeah. <laughs> like, or like. It's that no like trust like factor. A hundred percent tell yeah. when somebody's just trying to get a paycheck. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no. But when you work together, you'll make more money. I you just. Will. Yeah. No, we see it time and time again. The people that, you know, get the most, the business coaches that get the most clients are the ones who show up to Hive Minds and they give free value. They give like valuable insight and afterward people are like, who is that? I need to work with that person. Oh, yeah. You know, the photographers who get the, the most clients, I think, are the ones who have come and done like a nonprofit fundraiser for free or, like me. you know, done well, actually, yeah, some done some things to, you know, get themselves out there and give back to the community. Not that everything has to be done for free, but it's no. just, and, and I think that is kind of the difference here. Like we do value ourselves and we push each other. You know, I, I, I hear it again and again, Hive members say, um, when somebody gives them their price, they'll say, um, no, I'm going to pay you more than that. Or I think you're worth more than that. Or you need to send me an invoice because what you did was really valuable. And I, I see that again and again, we push each other to really value our worth. Yeah. And I learned from here, I do, I still do some free stuff, mm -hmm. but only when it's going to benefit me. And it's on your terms. It's on yeah. your terms. I never yeah. ever do free stuff if someone asks. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. No. Um, or, and I can tell quickly when people are buttering up because mm -hmm. they want free photos. Yeah. Like I hang out with Katie all the time. Our kids are in the same preschool class. They're the same age mm -hmm. and we go out and do outings and I happen to bring my camera sometimes. Yeah. But I can tell if somebody wants to start hanging out with me just because they want you to take yeah. photos of their kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so I'm very, very um, in tune with that now. And I think partially is that the hive. Yeah. Like we set a standard. You know, yeah. and I was talking with somebody this morning, you know, we're not the type of place that's going to say, oh, what a cute, like little side hustle business you have, like a little, little project, you know, okay, we're going to emotionally lift you up and support you. 
No, this is the kind of place we're going to say, okay, put on your big girl pants. This is a business. You need Mm -hmm. a lawyer. You need an accountant. You need a team behind you. You know, you got to level up and take yourself seriously. Charge what you're worth. You know, I'm not going to let you call this a side hustle. This is a business. I'm going to make you take yourself seriously. And start hiring other people to Exactly. I did so much. Leverage the skills of other people. I did so much at first DIY because I hadn't made any money yet. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband, and I didn't want to go into debt, and my husband gave me $500 in my camera, Mm -hmm. and that's all I had to work with. And then everything else, but now that I've made some money, Mm -hmm. I hired a designer, I hired Mm -hmm. Stella, and then I hired Christina, and I, 100%, if it makes you miserable to do it, hire somebody. Mm -hmm. Because you're not going to go where you need to go if you're spending all your time and energy doing something you hate. Oh, and it frees you up, you know, to do more of what you're good at, you know, like where you can shine. Exactly. (laughs) Like, and every, every one of my Hive members tells me the best thing I ever did was hire Jessica. And I did it before I was ready. I wasn't even paying myself yet. So to, to hire somebody else and pay them when you're not even paying yourself yet is so scary. And it doesn't, it just feels like, oh, I'm not ready for this. But if you don't do it a little bit before you're ready to do it, you know, you're not going to grow in the same way. And I, my growth has been exponential since hiring her because no longer am I doing all the little day-to-day things that don't really need me to be doing them. And I'm actually leveling her up now to the point where we're going to be hiring an assistant that can do a lot of the things that she used to do so that now she can level up and do some more of the high level things um, that she's kind of grown into with her role. You know, I started her as an intern when she was in her undergraduate program. Now she's in grad school and, you know, she's grown and she's taking more, you know, accounting classes and business classes and things like that, getting her MBA. And, um, and I think that's important too, you know, to like invest in someone. Um, my cousin, uh, Jill Hatton, I read Don Hatton. She really always tells me that she's like an employee, uh, a great employee is worth their weight in gold. Like they don't have to know, um, how to do everything. They just have to be the right kind of person and you can train them to do anything. Yes. So it's better to hold on to somebody that you know is, is the right kind of person and train them to do the things that you want them to do rather than try to hire somebody that already knows how to do all those things. I also heard recently the way that you treat your employees is the way they treat your customers, too. So keep that in mind. That's good. Um, And Jessica treats everybody so well, so you must be doing a great Ah. job. (laughs) But I think everybody should have a Jessica. I wish we could clone her. I know. I know. She's like, yeah. Well, just so you know, too, and I am legally protected, um, and this is a smart thing for everybody to do. So in our... No one can steal her? Yeah. In our membership agreement, which you've all clicked to sign um, when you signed up for your membership, uh, basically, if you try to hire Jessica out from under me, you have to pay her, I don't know, it's something like five times what I pay her and um, you pay me like retributions for it or something like that. It's all legally in there. I mean, you got to protect yourself for the people it. that you you know oh, yeah. love because that is the thing, you know? Well, and Jill Hatton, your cousin, mm-hmm. just got recognized for being like a really great place to work in Wichita, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, they're one of the top. She can also sponsor this podcast. If like. <laughs> <laughs> I tell that every time we talk about that. Yeah, like, yeah, you can sponsor us. <laughs> um, now let's get back to you. <laughs> um, we've talked about kind of your branding and how it came to be. Um, but let's go to what is your favorite part about running your own business? I feel like you were like born a little mini entrepreneur and now it's I oh my gosh. couldn't see you in like a regular oh my gosh yeah well so I'm a third generation entrepreneur 
Um, my grandfather was Don Hatton from Don Hatton Chevrolet, and um, he started that in 1949, and my dad started um, his car dealership in, I think, the late 80s, early 90s, something like that. And so it's always been modeled for me. But the thing that my parents and my grandfather and my cousin all, all modeled for me was that you've got to kind of be in the business. Now, Jill does this better than any of my family members thus far, but, you know, you really have to, like, they always had to be in the business. And so the thing that I did when I set my business up was made sure I was very intentional about automating as much as I can. And so I actually don't have to be here. I don't have to be here. My business can run 100% without me um, for really as long as I need it to be. Um, the only thing that I need to be here for is to sell new memberships. And so obviously over time, the churn, it's going to happen to where we lose over time memberships to where my business wouldn't run by itself without a salesperson or without me to continue selling memberships. Because that's just the natural nature of you know membership type business. Um, but, you know, I, I think I've set up the culture. I've been very intentional about trying to set up the culture to where... Um, kind of what I started it as, the why behind the why behind the hive, um, is so infused into what we do and who we are that our members have kind of taken it on. And one of the my favorite things about running this business is that my members think of it as their kind of as their thing too. You know, they'll say our hive. Like we've got to protect our hive. Just like yes. bees, right? <laughs> like you don't want like the pesticide to get in there kind of thing. Um, and so our members are very intentional about that and I think that was modeled you know having been a teacher I had to kind of model things for my students all the time and so I think it's really important um, you know to model that so that you know if you read uh, start with why Simon Sinek's I think um, start with why he talks about Steve Jobs and Sam Walton and some of these other big businesses that when the owner left it all fell apart because the why was embodied so much in that individual person. And so I've been very intentional to try to embody, embody the why within my brand and try to pull myself out of it a little bit more each, each day, to be honest. You know, one of the things that Jessica got me on um, was with Instagram. I, it was very um, Andrea heavy in the beginning because I was a solopreneur and I was running it all by myself. Um, but you know, the, the more, the longer than she's been here, the more she's kind of said, okay, Andrea, you can be in the stories on Instagram, the day to day, you know, stories, but like the, the grid of Instagram really needs to be more like third person. We're talking about like the hive, this, the hive, that all the pictures need to be at the hive. So people see what that is. Um, no longer like when I go to lunch with, even if I'm going to lunch with a Hive member, she's like, that needs to be in stories. It's not at the I Hive. And I really think that was a very intentional choice um, that I'm really glad that I let her, you know, ma help make for us um, because it's allowed it to become its own thing and not be so reliant on me. So your question is, what's my favorite part of, of being a business owner and owning this business? Being able to make my own schedule. Being able to say, I don't take meetings before 10 a.m. if I don't want to. You know, as a, as a general rule, I don't take meetings before 10 a.m. As a general rule, I have certain days where I will take kind of block off for meeting time and certain days that, you know, I've started taking Monday off completely as my mindset day. And so I go and get my nails done on Monday. I listen to audiobooks all day long. Um, I work on like my vision planning. You know, I, I work on some of the bigger, higher level things on that day um, that you don't get an opportunity to do when you're just being, you know, popping from like one fire to another fire, which is so common with entrepreneurship. So my favorite part that. is being able to make my own schedule, um, you know, to be able to actually go on vacation and for the most part know that it's taken care of, which is something my parents could never really do. Um, they were always on. Business was always um, something they were stressing about, worrying about. 
and because my door access is automated, because my memberships are automated online, because the payment processing is automated, because I've got a great employee that I trust, um, I think all of that has helped me to you know, be able to scale a business to the point where it doesn't need me every single day, and that's my favorite part. And I love it because you're a mom too, and you're a single mom. Mm -hmm. I, my husband cannot take a sick day, really. He, yeah. He's in the military. They don't really take sick days unless they're really dying. Um, I love that I can cancel meetings and not, like, I don't have to call in, like, make up like, this huge excuse. And mm -hmm. I just get to stay home with my child yeah. when she's puking yeah. and not explain it to anybody. The first the first um, year that my daughter was in daycare, she got sick all the time oh because they do you know do. it was the first year and um my employer at the time told me you've been sick more than any employee i've ever had because you know i would get sick after she got sick right mm -hmm. so i'd be homesick with her and then i would be sick and i would tell him i'll work from home and he'd say i'm not going to pay you to work from home and then i'd say well i'll come in he'd say well i don't want you to come in if you're sick and so it was a double-edged sword i didn't know what to do and now like for example yesterday my daughter had dental surgery I canceled all my appointments for the day, moved them to, you know, a different day, and I and I was home with her all day, and we literally, we watched Scooby-Doo all day long. I love it. Because I could. Yeah, I love it. And I think automation is very important for, we're talking about my audience, mm -hmm. for military spouses. Yeah. You need to be able to automate your business online, maybe. Mm -hmm. You might not be able to run an entire co-working space by yourself because you're going to move in two years, but... To automate it and I try to do that's why I'm coming out with that brand book mm -hmm. is that people can just purchase it and do it themselves and I don't yeah. have to worry about it I can answer questions or whatever but that allows me to make money without right. taking time away from my mm -hmm. family because especially not all military spouses are like this but my husband's a pilot so mm -hmm. he's gone all the time like he'll he'll just leave for two weeks yeah. at a moment's notice it's a little bit better now but when he is home, I like to spend time with him and my daughter together. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so I think that military spouses can learn a lot from that Absolutely. to automate their business. Yeah, I think the online world of entrepreneurship is huge for military spouses. I mean, you know, when I was in the mommy blogger world, mm -hmm. you know, it was kind of, um, it was a little bit of a different world than it is now. Um, I think now it's even more accessible. You know, you... Um, I, I'm a big fan of funnels, you know, so mm -hmm. a funnel is essentially, you know, you see a Facebook ad, you click on it, it, it takes you to a landing page, you enter your email information to get a free download or a free video or something like that, and then now you're on their email list, they market to you, and over time they're going to sell you a course. Um, a course is a huge way to make passive income. Um, it's, it's not passive in the sense that you did have to create the content, but once you've created the content, it continues working for you. So ebooks, um, courses, um, online coaching that's like group coaching, I think those are all really sustainable ways to, to grow an online business to where a lot of it can be automated. Um, you know, then you're looking at Facebook groups that go along with those coaching and things like that. And you can really do that for any number of things. You know, there's actually, um, oh, Stu McLaren, uh, be a tribe um, there's kind of this whole uh, mindset movement around uh, these subscription types businesses that can be for anything you know if you want to learn French you can be on subscription to do it you want to yes. learn photography you can be on subscription to do it and have a community that goes along with it and you know that's my world that's my jam like I'm all about the subscription model because you know I know as a general sense about how much money I'm going to make 
next month, which a lot of entrepreneurs don't um, when they're selling products uh, or when they're selling services, unless you have people on retainer, um, which I do recommend for business coaches, you know, getting people on retainer. I, when I do business coaching and consulting, um, I try to get people on retainer. I'll give them a bonus, you know, so if they sign on for, you know, eight hours a week or eight hours a month, I might, um, I might bonus them to 10. Like they get two extra hours. I don't discount, but I'll bonus. Um, and, and for me, it's worth it because if you're signing a monthly commitment to, for me to draft from your bank that amount every single month, that gives me flexibility in my life to be able to make decisions knowing how much money I'm going to make next month. And then I'm going to interject a little bit right here. If you have a service, try not to discount it. Add, add to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I've learned from the hive and from women from the hive. If you want, don't don't discount your services, yeah. but add a little extra if you want to mm-hmm. for certain people or for a certain promotion. Yeah, I think the bonus route is always the the better way to go because you know you you are worth every penny of what you're charging. Mm-hmm. I don't. It doesn't matter what you charge. You're worth it. Like every penny of what you're charging, oh, yeah. you're worth it. Um, now, if you're charging under what I would recommend charging, you're worth way more than what you're charging. Yes. And you need to really evaluate that. There are very few women that overcharge. Yeah, for that's what they're true. worth. Very, true. very few. It should scare you a little bit. What you're charging should scare you a little bit. <laughs> My husband's like, we would never pay that much for photography, and I was like, yeah, we would, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just don't know it. But like, and I'm like, good. Yeah, he's not my ideal client. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what I love also about The Hive is you've taught so many women, especially me, not everybody is your ideal client. Those wasps, I'm sure you don't cry over when they cancel their membership. You know, I used to. I used to. Not Maybe not actually cry. But yeah, I used to bother me. I used to take it personally. I used to think every woman in the Wichita area should be a Hive member. No. Uh, No, (laughs) please no. You know, because honestly, you know, I would, I would rather work with a hundred women who light me up every single day than, you know, a thousand, a thousand women. women who drain me. Well, and have you read The Culture Code? No. I you should. Yeah. It's about, it's a study, it's a case study about implanting like a negative Nancy. Ooh, but it's a gentleman. And how it affects everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's one that's an outlier because there's a gentleman that counteracts and makes it better and like a safe space again. Interesting, cool. But it's so interesting that you think about it, like when you hang out around negative people, and you, your mom has told you this from when you were little, mm-hmm. you are who your friends are. Yeah. And you're like, shut up, I'm my own person. But no, it's true. <laughs> it and really it's, is. yeah. You should well, if it. you want to grow, you know, if you want to grow yourself, it's that whole five people you surround yourself with thing. I mean, really think about who your friends are. Like, honestly, like, what position are they in in life? And not necessarily just financially, but, like, with their happiness and all of those mm-hmm. things. If literally everyone you're hanging around with is working minimum wage jobs, like, how likely is it for you to end up being a millionaire, you know? And to be honest, and it's not so much that, you know, like, when we're talking socioeconomic status and all of that, it's, it's more like their mindset. You know, if, you're, if your mindset is that you're totally content with that type of job, that's fine, but you're probably not my kind of person because my kind of person is always striving to grow and learn and, and move beyond that and, and own their own thing, do their own thing, have control over what they do. And at least, you know, three out of the five people that you hang out with should maybe be a little like above your area where you are mm-hmm. so that you're always, you know, learning and growing from them. You, you know, you should not be the guru of your friend group. Like you should be yeah. one of the people that are, you know, on your way up. And I do that for gossipers. 
Mm. I I don't like drama. Like I don't like drama in my life. But if it comes in, I like love it. Do you know what? Like yeah. And it used to be that I had so much drama in my life, and then I didn't have drama in my life. But I loved watching drama on TV. Uh-huh. And now I don't even like watching drama on TV. Yeah. But I'm very. I listen to what people talk yeah. about, and if it's a lot of gossip, and I know that I'm a I'm very good at gossiping. I love gossiping. So I try not yeah. to stay around those people. Yeah. Because I know it's going to... It's like an addiction. Yeah. Oh, we all... Come yeah. on. Be honest. We Everyone enjoys a little bit of gossip. But you do have to watch it. You have to be careful because, you know, at the end of the day, that's probably not the kind of person you want to be. And so if you're just gonna, really you're setting yourself well. up... Yeah, you're setting yourself that's up for failure. Like if, you're setting or, if you're hanging around with people who that tends to be their MO. And honestly, I've noticed, you know, the people that are a little bit, you know, more gossipy... If you model for them that that's just not a thing that you do, they're going to be less likely to do it around you. And if and if honestly they're not enjoying that, then they're going to move along. Yeah. And that's probably the best. What's for the best? All right. Now <laughs> we're very good at talking about other stuff. <laughs> um, has there any has there any? Ugh, sorry. Has there been anything that you were branded or branding your ideal client? That you thought it was going to be one way, and now it's completely different. Yeah, I know the answer. I'm but. so glad you asked that question. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, when when I first started the hive, my I think we all get a little bit like this sometimes. I was like, oh, it's going to be you know. So I'm 31 at the time, so I was like, it's going to be a 30 year old woman who you know <laughs> has kids, and she um, you know she she's working remotely, and she just wants the space. To, it was literally me, right? Like I was my avatar. I am my avatar, right? And um, and but then what I found out was age had nothing to do with it. Nope. Had nothing to do with it. And I and I made a mistake in maybe being too I don't know that I ever put age out there on social media, but but what happened was, you know, people kind of thought, oh, I'm too old for the hive. There's it's all young people there. But then as I shared more pictures and more, um, you know, we got out there more in the community, people were like, oh, there's women of all ages. And we actually have women from age 19, well, I think 18 now, 18 to over 70 years old. And we're probably the most widely, like, diverse um, demographic as it comes to, like, age diversity especially. And we're trying to build in other areas of diversity as well. It's something we're really focused on, trying to match the um, diversity demographics of Wichita. It's something I'm very intentional about. We have a diversity and inclusion committee. Um, we're very, we work very hard on that. Um, but can I pass right there? Yeah. I love that. And I am somebody that I do free photos for people that are diverse Mm -hmm. because I get paid a lot by, by skinny white people, skinny white women. Mm -hmm. And that's great. I love being able to pay the bills, but I want people to know that I'm actually really good at shooting African American, like and it's there's a, a lot of photographers that cannot. Yeah, it's my, a different way of shooting because the lighting and everything. Mm-hmm. Is my different. brother, so my dad's black, my mm-hmm. husband's black, mm-hmm. my father-in-law is black, all my brothers are. And my brother is not even that dark-skinned and he's like, yeah, I'm always underexposed in pictures. Yeah. And I, so I want people to know that I can also shoot right. any skin color mm-hmm. all, because I have practiced on mm-hmm. all of my family yeah. members, you know what I mean? And in Wichita, it's kind of hard to do that, so I have to do some free photos, right? To to build that, like, to, yeah, to let people know people. that I am mm-hmm. inclusive and I, yeah, I can photograph well, and that's everybody pretty well. That's the thing I've noticed about you know diversity and inclusion. Every business will say, you know, we're we're inclusive. 
but are you actually taking active steps to tr- to, to, make, to it make it better? And that's the thing. It's like, of course, every business, you know, that is conscious, is socially conscious is going to, you know, be open to... As long as that money is green, I don't care. Exactly. But there's a difference between that. And I found that you have to specifically, like, invite people. Like, I have to specifically say, I want you here. This mm-hmm. is the invitation. Because so often and so many times... You know, people have not felt welcome, and they've not felt that sense of belonging. And so not only do you have to open the door, you have to actually, like, walk out on the sidewalk and say, hey, I want you to come in here. Come in here. You're welcome. I want you here. And I think that makes a difference. And, you know, it's it's a slow process, a slow road, and we're not as diverse right now as I want to be. Um, but we're getting there. You know, we're growing. We're moving towards it. It's not just we're not stagnant. Um, and so I think going back to that question of was there something I did, you know, differently in the beginning, it was not understanding that I'm talking to the soul of a woman. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking to the age. the age. And so I would say that the women that are part of the hive, they are 30 year olds in their souls. Like almost all of them, whether they're 18 or 70, they have like a 30 year old soul and you know, they're mature enough like that they're 30 mm-hmm. and they're also young enough that they're 30. And so that's what I speak to is that soul of the woman. I love that. Cause I, we had a member that broke her hip recently mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, I have a friend that's old enough to break her hip. That's so cool. Like <laughs> I would have never thought that I would be. And she's friends. okay by the way. Yes, she's she's doing really well. We checked on her and I love her very yeah. much, but I was, it like hit me like, Oh, I do have older friends. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. And I, we had yeah. one of our members tell us recently, um, I'm not a part of the hive for, like, any of the reasons you'd think I would be. I'm part of the hive because this is the place I go to get love. She, um, she yeah. was like, I'm not married. I don't have family much. You know, my parents have passed away and all of that. But, like, I feel love here. And that's not, you know, something I'm I, that I can actively market or promise or anything uh-huh. like that. But it is a feeling that will happen. Like, if, if this is your hive... If this is where you belong, you will see, feel a sense of belonging. And, you know, even if even if it's not the place that you belong, these people will love on you. They're going to try to love on you anyway. So, yep. you know, it may feel good for you or it may not be the right fit for you. But it's not a place where you're going to feel unwelcome. I love that. And I, I, feel belong, I feel belonging here. And I don't normally, like, I like the squadron stuff and I do a couple of things. But I don't know. I just, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I love that feeling. And even though I also love doing business here, it's knowing that there are women out there that are moms, but mm-hmm. aren't. There's nothing wrong with moms that love being moms. Right. I am just not that way. So it's nice to have friends that are also, they love being moms, but they have to have something else. Yes. And they're, I know a couple moms and they are wonderful. And I don't want to like shit on that at all. It's just not me. And I thought I was going to be that way and I wasn't. And then... Yeah. And then I started a business and I love it. <laughs> yeah. And it's okay to love all the things, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I love that this is a place that I can be very real about every aspect of my life, you know, from my relationship to my parenting to my business. I don't have to pretend like everything's perfect. It doesn't have to be that Facebook picture of perfection. Oh. Um, you know, I had a, that job that I used to work at that was kind of emotionally toxic. One of my coworkers actually said to me, I was, you know, complaining about something with my daughter, and she actually said to me, well, I love my kids, and it was the most mom-shaming moment I'd ever experienced, and I just don't, that's why I don't feel like you should have to, um, like, precursor your statement with, okay, love my daughter, but I'm going to say this thing. I shouldn't have to say I love my daughter. That is implied. 
I love her. Like, I shouldn't have to say that. And I don't have to say that to the women around here. And that that's really refreshing. You know, it's like, I just don't see that sense of, like, shame or that sense of, like, cattiness or mean girlness. Um, it kind of filters itself out because of the good positive energy that is here. It's like, we just don't, we have standards and boundaries around it. We just don't tolerate it. No. And it's, motherhood is all about survival. So, however anyone else is surviving, just yeah. let them survive. As long as their kids are, like, taken care of, exactly, it's good. I do judge <laughs> women that smoke while pregnant. Well, but I that's mean, it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's about my line. But yeah. that's just because I know all the health Hell, benefits. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we are running out of time. As, but, we, as one does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll have to have you back. Yeah. We'll <laughs> um, what does 2020 look like for you in the hive? I want to hear all the good things that oh are going to happen. I'm very excited. So we are purchasing the first floor of the Orpheum, the space that we're in. And what? so Yeah. So we are actually going to have nine fully private lockable door offices in our new space next door. Um, we're also going to have a workshop room that we are anticipating can accommodate up to 20, um, which everyone's really excited so about. So excited. Um, and then we... Yeah, just like there's some benefits that just come from us like owning the floor, which is awesome. Um, I had to start a new LLC to purchase it, which is a cool thing. So yeah, we, have, we have a hive, the Hive Holdings I company. So we have our first commercial real estate acquisition, which is fun to say. Um, and that's been a fun process and also a challenging process and an interesting process, you know, legally and with the um, real estate agents and insurance and all of those things. So that's been fun and I, I can't wait to talk about it, um, maybe in a lunch and learn something. Also, we started a new membership called the Connected Membership. Um, we've had several members that have moved out of state and out of country that have wanted to maintain their Hive membership but can't come in person anymore, obviously, to events. Um, they love still being a part of the Facebook group. They love still um, watching the live stream Lunch and Learns and having you know themselves listed in our business directory because a lot of times they can work with people remotely. Yeah. Um, and so we have a new membership called the Connected Membership. This also works really well for women in Wichita who are the ones that say, this is the most common reason people quit the Hive. I just don't have time. Just don't have time to come to all the things. Now, I have an argument for why you should make time and why it's worth it and all of that but I'm not gonna win that argument with everybody and so this is my solution to it it's um, a $20 a month connected membership you get access to the Facebook group you get access to be listed in our database you get you know all of that um, the benefits of the live streaming and all of the content that we do um, but you just don't come in person to the events and so and that's kind of I want to grow that membership more to maybe have some more members outside of um, Kansas and outside of the country even that. which is cool um, so my vision is still to grow to a thousand members. I feel like there's, um, you know, potential and uh, and possibility for that. I think we can help a lot of uh, women, and we are, you know, like I said, women focused, but not women exclusive. Yes. Um, we do have members that are men. We have even co-working members that are men. I like to say they're advocates for women in business. That means, you know, you kind of got to be um, supportive of. of uh, women in business and know that you're not going to be the center of this conversation. If you come to a lunch and learn, you're going to kind of sit back and listen if you're a man. You know, you have plenty of other spaces in the world where you get to dominate the conversation. This is not one of them. But we welcome you to come. We welcome your feedback. Um, you know, we welcome you to listen and learn and be a part of the conversation. And present. We just had Mr. Jessica come. Yes, I know. <laughs> Jessica's husband just did a lunch and learn he, on Friday. He we... came and taught us about bots and yeah. how to automate a lot of things in your business, which and is I, really cool. And I love seeing a man, 
a man do, come in and do that. Like, yeah, we've had several men so come smart. present lunch and learns, and yeah, we're welcome. You do not have to be a hive member to present a lunch and learn. We love learning from other people. Um, you can go to our website, thehivewichita.com, and submit an application to speak at a lunch and learn. Um, you can also learn more about the membership there. Yeah. Well, that was my last question. So perfect. Awesome. And all of how to find Andrea and the Hive Wichita will be in the show notes. Awesome. You can, we're active on Facebook too. There's a public group you can join without even being oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thanks for coming. This has been fun. <laughs> You've like beat me to the punch. All right. Thank you so much.